back on a holiday week. Memorial Day on the horizon. Summer is almost here. OTAs are in swing. Why, you could almost throw a football and hit minicamp. That's right. It's six rings and football things. Everyone seems to have basketball on the mind these days with the underwhelming, underperforming, heartbreaking Celtics getting it handed to them in the Eastern Conference Finals. But what we are here to hand you on Six Rings and Football Things is another action-packed episode chock full of Patriots news, opinions, analysis, predictions, nuggets, and so much more. It's Fitzy. It's Hart. It's you here on Six Rings. Thanks for listening once again. Please, as always, rate, review, subscribe, and share. We hope you appreciated our little special episode last week with our exclusive interviews with Dante Scarnecchia, Ivan Fears, and Ernie Adams. What a treat that was. Now we got the home team back in swing on today's episode. A little peek inside OTAs, what to look for. Andy's players of intrigue as the Patriots get closer and closer and closer to real football practices before camp officially opens on the 2023 season. And then quite possibly the most jam-packed, stuffed and overloaded Pats Puri of all time. So many little tidbits, so much to opinionate on. So little time. So let's get going. Andy OTAs are underway. And the average fan says, all right, again, OTAs, organized team activities. I'm not sure exactly what that means when it relates to mini camp. Is it mandatory? Is it not? It's not actual training camp. Uh, what's it all about? What are they doing down there? And what should we be looking for? So it's voluntary. All right. Voluntary. Quotes all around right. that. I wouldn't yeah. miss it if I were anybody on this team. Maybe Matthew Judon. Like, there's maybe a couple that could get away with it. The rest of you is get your asses out there and start learning and competing. Um, it is non-contact, non-padded. In the old days, it was often referred to as passing camps because that is mm. sort of the primary action on the practice field. You know, you don't have pads, so you're not working on your interior run game all that much. But linemen are out there. Um, but it's the first sort of step in the football process where everybody's on the field, the coaches, the players. Certainly you can get some competition with receivers and cornerbacks in coverage, seven on seven type work, those things. Um, and, you know, looking back on it, thanks to the Boston Herald and the dysfunction stuff, this was already where things started to be questioned last year with the map. That's right. Offense. So the opposite of that is true this year. With Bill O'Brien in charge, I think, and hopefully you will you will see the early foundations of faith in the offense, faith in the scheme, and like comfort, and the word we've used, competency, like the, the C word. One of the many C words we love on this podcast, mm -hmm. competency, should start to take hold in May and June. That leads into minicamp, which is mandatory, which then leads into the break before training camp, which is obviously mandatory. Now, there are... A bunch of OTA sessions. The media will be on hand for, I believe it's three of them. Mm -hmm. um, yes. Starting later this week, the 25th of May is the first media session. But I like it. It's where you start to say, huh, that cornerback that I don't know anything about is scrappy. Or, huh, Trey Nixon looks pretty good. Could he be an option? Answer, no. He was not an option last year after good OTAs. But, but how about all the buzz on him last year? You have to be careful. All of this comes with a cautionary tale, a grain of salt, and... But it's fun. But, it's football. It's on the field. It's starting I'm the all, process. I'm all for and, it. And I love it. You mentioned people being focused on basketball right now. Celtics are gagging away their season. Bruins already gagged away their season. 
The one thing I will say about the Patriots is they're sort of in Red Sox land where expectations are cautious, and we'll get into some of that later. Maybe they are going beyond cautious in some outlets in some areas. But I think for the most part, fans look at this as a plus or minus 500 football team. So they don't have championship expectations like the Celtics have had since last summer. They don't have championship expectations like the Bruins had when they rewrote the record books in terms of regular season winning. So that's the one thing is you're not you're going in with limited expectations. So generally when that happens, you go to a movie. Eh, we'll see. I haven't heard much about this movie. Eh, we'll see. Blah, blah. You come out and go, oh, that was pretty entertaining for an hour. I'm pleasantly surprised. Right? I enjoyed the process. Or you go to a restaurant where you're like, huh, I, I like seafood. I haven't heard much about this place. So you don't go in thinking you're getting the best meal ever. You usually come out and say, mm, that was pretty good, right? Yeah. So I think those are the Patriots. This is a movie you don't have expectations about, a restaurant you haven't heard too much buzz about, and you may be pleasantly surprised. Even though, and it's hard not to judge this particular movie or restaurant on past reviews, acclaim, and awards, because the Patriots, for New the chef. longest time, are going to continue. And, and of course, the, yeah, they lost the head chef. He was amazing. Actually, <laughs> no. Uh, yeah, they lost the head chef. Um, same ownership. Uh, the manager is still there as well. But that same headshot, he believes it's mostly just the pro, you know, the pro, like yeah. manager's he, getting old too. I'm not he, sure he, he knows it's not 1972 in the restaurant business anymore. Yeah, he still has a smoking section, which is crazy. I mean, somebody may want to update him on that. Um, you know, you may want to have some of the servers wear gloves. We actually call them servers now, not waiters and waitresses. That's okay. That's fine. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a gradual turning of the ship and updating of company policies. Uh, that's I I feel like. The Patriots are going to continue to be judged against a, an unfair standard for a long time, at least as long as Bill Belichick and Robert Kraft, maybe just even the entire Kraft family, are present. And it is under their stewardship, if you will, because they were so damn successful for two decades. They still play in the same stadium where they won all those Super Bowls. Everything looks pretty much the same. They have a variation of the same uniform. Like, how can we not think that people are going to say like, yeah, but you're the Patriots. You're supposed to be winning championships. You're supposed to be making it back to the playoffs. I'm with you. You guys give me an entertaining season, win more games than you lose. I'll be thrilled. We've been to umpteen duck boat parades and so I have got, we have closets full of merch that we'll never wear again. Like that part that I'm sated, like I am satisfied in terms of just like championships output and greatness, but I still love football. I still love this team. I'd actually like to see them perform well. And so far, it seems as though there's a reasonable level of, I'm going to call it managed hype. You know, it got a little off the rails when everyone watched all of five seconds of Christian Gonzalez uh, running and, you know, picking off a pass against nobody with his big quads exposed in a uniform with no logo, no name, no number. I was like, oh my God, look at the fluidity of this guy. Look at those hips opening up. Like, please, Johnny Superfan. You know, Mikey from Danvers, stop it. Like any, like they're all cornerback evaluate talent evaluators, cornerbacks and secondary coaches. Like, okay, he looks good in his pads. Great. No, 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 no. Excuse me. Excuse me. No pads. No pads. No pads. Sorry. He no, looks man. good in a he looks good in a helmet t shirt. No pad pads. I give him a little Shorts. more credit. And the funny thing I found about that, it's funny uh, you bring that up because it annoyed me. And it was like, if you're gonna comment on a video put out from rookie minicamp i generally think you're kind of a um a high-end fan like you're really mm -hmm. interested year-round i would have thought 
you paid attention to the draft process because everybody told you when he played for Oregon in actual pads and uniform that mm-hmm. he was a high-end elite corner, top mm-hmm. five prospect, all of mm-hmm. that. So I think you should have been excited. Like we were excited on draft night when the yeah. Patriots landed Christian Gonzalez, best player at the position for their biggest need. Yeah. I'm not going to get excited at rookie mini camp when there's nobody else on the field and he's got shorts on. Like I, I just did not, it was almost like, you know, that show store, is it storage wars where people bid mm-hmm. on the like abandoned storage units? Yes. And then they yeah. open it up and they have no idea what's right. possibly in there. That's what this felt like is like they opened it up and they're like, son of a bitch. He's a starting corner. I had no idea what we drafted on draft night. But what now did I you like, think you were getting right? people? That's what you drafted. But he's also in a helmet and a T-shirt and shorts. That's right. it. And they're just throwing him a ball. Okay. Yeah. He moves slowly. Yes. He's quick to react. Awesome. Let's see him in pads. Let's see when, you know, he gets to camp and Tyquan Thornton burns him or Kendrick Bourne cooks him on a route and leaves his leaves him falling out of his jock, his shoes, his shorts, et cetera. Like these things are going to happen. There's going to be a learning curve. There are going to be bumps along the way. I actually hope there are just because like, if what's he going to learn from unless he has a couple of stumbles along the way? Anyway, it was interesting so to see all that. He's number two. On my list of the five oh. most intriguing Patriots. Well, why don't we work our way back? Let's start with Andy's piece at WEI.com last week. Five uh, most and one of Andy's favorite adjectives and descriptives. Intriguing. Mm. He finds these players intriguing. Mm. Uh, so, his five most intriguing Patriots heading into OTAs. Let's work it from five to one because that's how most of these things operate, Andy. Number five. So in uh, honor of Mike Mayock, I cheated. Number five is two names. So there's actually six players on my f- top five intriguing Patriots heading into OTAs. It's what everybody that's, does these days. It's fine. It's what everyone does it. It's fine. So it's the year two jumpers. It's Tyquan Thornton and Jack mm-hmm. Jones who probably will mm-hmm. run into each other on the OTA practice fields in competitive reps. So right. I think those two guys are really intriguing. Um, you know, from a Tyquan Thornton perspective, I think he's being underlooked a little bit. I don't think he's being given enough of a pass for the absolute crap show dysfunctional offense he landed in as a rookie plus missed Mm. time to an injury. So he runs fast. That's why they drafted him that like no one hid that right. Matt grow. That's why we drafted him. I was really excited about him last August. I fell out of the excitement mode very quickly when he returned Mm -hmm. to the field after the injury, when quite frankly, I thought he was terrible. I thought he short armed balls. He dropped balls had just did not look like a competitive receiver. Maybe it was the injury. Maybe it was the offense. I don't care. It's year two. Clean slate, as Bill O'Brien said. So I'm intrigued by Tyquan Thornton. Clean slate season is here. And yes, not a single receiver was able to improve upon their statistics in 22 coming off of 2021. No one gives him the benefit of the doubt for that. It's like Mac Jones. Most people give the benefit of the doubt. The quarterback. Mm -hmm. Well, how about the rookie wide receiver? Other side of the ball, Jack Jones, who... Had a weird rookie season, is picking off Aaron Rodgers and talking smack to Aaron Rodgers in Lambeau Field. He flashed. Then is suspended late in the year in some weird thing. Um, Clearly, there's maturity issues. This is the guy that came in with some off-field maturity, red flag type things. Um, Funny thing happens when you are involved in the possible heist uh, at a uh, takeout Chinese food American place. Yeah, these things happen. Whose car are we taking? Um, So I, I just... I, I think and Jack Jones as the number two potentially because of another guy we'll get to on this list a bit later who we may have just talked about. But mm-hmm. Jack Jones sliding into the potential number two cornerback role. 
um, would be great. I just want to see what he is on the field. And I also want to see how he just tries to become a professional. I think that's going to be a challenge for him. Maturity, professionalism, hard work every day, doing the right thing at all times. And that starts in OTAs. They need him. He's going to have a chance to win a starting job because it looks like Jonathan Jones could be going back and forth between the outside and the inside. Christian Gonzalez likely will not just be gifted a starting job. That shall have to be earned. And one note, Andy, as well. Mike Holstein was gifted a job. Yeah, that, that's because they uh, traded somebody away that didn't need to be traded away. They were still playing at an extremely high level and here. created the, the need. Patriots. In the old uh, days, you earned jobs. The new Patriots, they're uh, gifted. Uh, one thing I, one thing of intrigue I'm going to be looking upon, and maybe we can make a, a podcast episode about this later on as well. Uh, a, a note of intrigue for me, uh, I'm going to have an eye on all the players this season that are in contract years because we have a number of Patriots that are going to be asked to make massive contributions on both sides of the ball that are in contract years. From Kendrick Bourne to Trent Brown, Kyle Duggar, Josh Uche, and beyond. There's a lot of guys that are going to be looking to get paid. Maybe the Patriots will benefit from the fact that they're all going to be looking to get paid and are going to generate the kind of outcome that will get them paid. We shall see. Moving on with your list number four. Number four is just one name. Everybody will be happy to know I didn't double up on actual. Madonna. No. Similar, though. Mike Kosicki, the tight end uh, from Kasicki. Miami Dolphins. <laughs> I don't know how they're similar, but. Um, Blondish hair, South Beach. Okay, we go on. Uh, Mike Kosicki, who was just in attendance over the weekend at the Taylor Swift show with his new besties, Hunter and Mac. We'll talk about that yeah. later. I'm not going to hold that against them. Uh, Mike Kosicki, the new Jonu Smith. He fills the Jonu Smith role as the number two tight end, the athletic. But is he? Uh, well, he should be better because John U. Smith couldn't have been much worse in his multi-year. I know everyone year. keeps saying Andy, though, like, you know, everyone keeps saying like he is a wide receiver in tight ends clothing. Sort of. Yeah. Like, sort I'm of. not sure exactly. He's is and he that's an part of, is he a hybrid. That's part of the intrigue with him is to just see how he's lining up, see how they're using him, see who he's on the field with early in positional groupings and what Bill O'Brien maybe envisions for the guy he once recruited to Penn State, but also the guy who fell out of favor with boy wonder Mike McDaniel's offense with the Dolphins last year and Christian oh, Fourier. Oh, you mean his previous employer? His previous employer, as he called it. I found that interesting. He's clearly got a, uh, a you-know-what against across his you-know-what. I was going a hair across his bum hole. But, uh, yeah, chip on his shoulder also works. Every, everyone who was watching on YouTube saw me point to my shoulder. You Just your for bum the record, hole on your shoulder? That's weird. <laughs> my, my tuchus is nowhere near my left shoulder. How many holes do you have to steal a line from the new Ant-Man and uh, Wasp movie? Um, which stinks. Uh, right. side note. So Mike Kosicki, just look the, the first look of OTAs is always fun. And we'll have another one of those coming up mm -hmm. on the list, but just Mike Kosicki, what he looks like running, um, you know, a couple of years ago, and I don't even remember, sometimes there's tight ends that I watched whoever it was, damn it. They took every rep right it? after Hunter Henry. And I was mm -hmm. like, you need to get in a different part in the line because you taking every rep after Hunter Henry makes you look bad. Cause you're not. You're, you're not as fluid. You're not as athletic as Hunter Henry. And I like doing that, seeing like guys rep out and it's like, oh, that guy doesn't look like that. Hell, uh, Nikhil Harry, when I watched him do reps in drills, his very first training camp, it was like, this dude sucks. His feet suck. He can't <laughs> run routes. So I like that initial observation and comparison to actual professionals that are on the field and what they can do and what you can do. Another area of intrigue for me, uh, these are, you're, these are just the individual players. Andy is most intrigued by, and is going to keep his good eye on in OTAs in advance of minicamp. Another area of intrigue for me, 
I'm going to be looking for big years from players that have hairs across their b-hole or chips on their shoulder. Two of which, I'm not sure if one landed on your list. One obviously just did. Mike Gasicki, who's mad at his previous employer for his, getting the, he got like $9 million last year, I want to say. Franchise when he played on the franchise tag. And uh, James Robinson, who is hella mad at the New York Jets for the way things went last year after he was injured with the Jags. And now he's looking to make positive contributions to the New England Patriots. Just another area of intrigue moving on, Andy. Number three. Number three, another first looker. With a unique first name, Juju Smith-Schuster, ah. your new number one receiver. I don't know. Mm. Your replacement for Jacoby Myers. Yeah. Different skills, but yes. Um, and just the fact that we know his history. Really good when he has a number one all-pro option next to him, whether that guy is Antonio Brown, who, side note, will be playing mm -hmm. for his uh, arena football team this weekend, is actually suiting up for his team. Good luck with that. And, and has he been able to recruit? And has he been able to recruit his? Has he been able to recruit his pal Cameron Newton as well? Uh, I don't believe so. Um, I don't believe that uh, arena football is suited for Cam Newton. That's a lot of quick uh, yeah. throws. Sounds like a crazy throws. idea. Not sure that's his. Uh, but Juju Smith-Schuster, yes. what is he? What does he look like on the practice field? What does he uh, bring to the offense? How are they going to use him? Again, positional groupings. How are they going to put Gasicki and Bourne and Smith-Schuster and Devontae Parker and Hunter Henry? How are they going to put these various guys to use? Um, so I just, you know, that first look of Juju Smith-Schuster in a Patriots helmet, a Patriots mm -hmm. uniform, and beginning the process um, as they go along. Because... We've talked about the fact that this offense has a lot of good players. How are those good players going to be put on the field together, and what are they going to be asked to do? Again, starts in OTAs. I'm looking forward to seeing the full comportment of what Juju Smith-Schuster should be able to do in terms of running a full route tree, being a plus blocker, and a yak attacker. Will Bill O'Brien be able to get uh, creative with him as well? I think so, and I think – I think. Uh, Oh, wait a second. Oh, there we go. We just got a uh, thank you very much, Turp. We will address that in a little private chat there, a little nugget that just broke for Pat's Paris. That's a fun one. My God, we're going to need like this is going to be a double Pat's Paris. Is that what I'm dealing with here? It may yes. just happen to be. Uh, I'm way more excited now than I was when I found out they let Myers go and basically brought in Juju for the same contract. I was a little disappointed because I like Jacoby Myers. He loved being a member of the Patriots. I didn't want to see the play that he was most remembered by be the infamous backwards lateral to Chandler Jones for the team to help the team win that now he now plays for, but it is what it is. And Juju Smith Schuster may be the perfect guy for this team that lacks the true big outside guy, but also may get creative with all of their running backs and receivers that can do a number of things. We shall see number two. Number two is the guy we spoke about earlier. Christian Gonzalez. Mm -hmm. If people get giddy from that little, whatever it was, five-second clip from rookie minicamp. Uh, I think they're going to get really excited when they see him actually starting to compete on some level. Although, remember, non-contact, non-padded. So when I say compete, it's within those parameters. But he's going to get chances, presumably, to go up against Tyquan Thornton, to go up against Juju Smith-Schuster, to go up against Devontae Parker and show what he has. Um, I, I think he's going to be a lot of fun to watch develop. I just think he's so effing smooth as a cornerback, as a young cornerback. I can't wait. 
literally to watch him. That'll probably be the thing I'm watching most. And then number one on the list. Number one, we don't even need to make any more of the Christian Gonzalez story because we could could potentially build too much hype, which would be unhealthy for him as well. Yes. Uh, Speaking of too much hype coming out of his rookie season, that's where Mac Jones landed. Heading into his third season, the hype is dead. It was popped with a pin last season by Matt Patricia. Mm -hmm. But everything that Mac Jones does on an OTA field, a mini camp field, a training camp field, a preseason field, and a regular season field will be analyzed, overanalyzed, magnified. Did he smile at Bill O'Brien? Did he touch Bill O'Brien? Did Bill O'Brien stand next to him after he threw a touchdown or a pick? Everything is going to be revolving around Mac Jones, as it should. His future is the future of the franchise. His future is the future of Bill Belichick's final few years in New England. So, Mac Jones, enjoy the spotlight. And again, I'm giving you a pass for that goofy photo you took at the Taylor Swift concert the other night. He has a weird smile when he does like the close-ups too. It's kind of good. All right, He's again, awkward. we'll get into that. I He's know awkward. It's, it's something very awkward about. I know you've called him dinkish at times before. I just want to make mention of two things. Number one, uh, friend of the show, your old pal Mike Giardi, uh, tweeted last week as well that he's heard nothing but positive things coming from whatever version of OTAs they were at last week. Mac Jones now once again displaying the kind of leadership they expected and saw of him in 2021 working hard to reclaim that, uh, the respect James white said he was going to have, I remember when James, White, I believe he was speaking to Tommy Kern said that he was going to have to come back in and re-earn the trust of all the guys in the locker room that he was capable of it, but that it was a long way to go for him. We've heard nothing but good things about Mac on the field and in the locker room for the last couple of weeks as well, which is exactly what we want to hear. Because as you mentioned earlier here in this segment, a year ago, there were rumblings and DMs and unconfirmed rumors of Patriots players reaching out to other Patriots players and talking to people who then spoke to other people and let slip word of what an absolute tire fire it was on the install of the new playbook and that the coordinators, if they were even that at the time, had no idea what they were doing. Spoiler alert, it turns out they really didn't. So, hey, we're already miles and eons beyond where we were a year ago, Andy. Nothing but Pat's positives here as we talk to the OTAs. There they are, Andy's five players, actually six of intrigue and a couple of my points of intrigue as well, heading into OTAs. Stay tuned. We have got a boatload of Pat's Paris, all the little storylines, news, notes, nuggets, and beyond that you're not going to want to miss. In the interim, please give us a follow at FitzyGFY, at Jumbo Hart, at Six Rings Pod. Rate, review, share, and subscribe. The seas are rising. The community is growing. We're on to 2023, and we're on to the next segment here on Six Rings and Football Things. It's Pat's Paris, everyone's favorite segment on Six Rings and Football Things, where we just bring to you everything else we've noticed in the wide world of Patriots that we deem worth discussing. And let's go with the freshest storyline. Our producer, Justin Turpin, shared this just moments ago. Per Andrew Marshand of the New York Post, D-Mac himself, who we're going to have to get on the pod one of these days if he's available, because damn, is he busy. The McCourty brother, media empire on the rise. D-Mac is joining NBC Sunday Night Football as an analyst on their pregame show. That is a massive W for him. That is a massive improvement on their pregame show, which was awful. Everything, just about everything save for Collinsworth and Tarico on the Sunday Night football broadcast last year was terrible. Um, I feel like it took a major step back the whole like Tony Dungy, Jason Garrett, um, 
I, I, Chris Sims, whatever, God, whatever the name of the young female studio host is like, it was bad. It was D Mac. He's like, he's such a net. You and I both have had umpteen chances to talk to him, work with him. He's so fluid. He's so smooth. And I don't think he's going to be afraid to speak his mind. Now he may not go full Rodney Harrison and really get after guys, but I think this is a great move for a Sunday Night football um, in Devin McCourty in his first season post-retirement. He has everything to be successful at it if he's willing to criticize. I have my doubts. I've already been concerned with the way he's talked about the Patriots. Um, the thing that opened my eyes, and again, very early on in his media career, so give him time to work it out, mm -hmm. figure out who he's going to be and how he's going to handle himself. But when, when asked about the Lamar Jackson thing, he kind of talked out of both sides of his mouth on, on a couple different platforms one day to the next. Like I actually gave him credit. His first answer said, I don't know. Do you become a Super Bowl contender with Lamar Jones? Like what's he want? Like he kind of questioned Lamar his Jackson. ability to, yeah. I mean, Lamar Jackson. And I was like, wow, that's really good analysis from Devin. And then the next day I saw him tell somebody like, yeah, you got to go get Lamar Jackson. I was like, wait a minute. You just said on the thing yesterday, something yeah. different. So, um, mm -hmm. Will he be willing to criticize? Will he bring some consistency to his opinions? Um, because that's a big stage, and he has to be willing to take criticisms on social media. He is active on social media, and what he says on Sunday Night Football will be questioned and criticized, and he'll get pushback from. But you're right. That show has been sort of terrible. Um, sort of, yeah. Sort years. of definitely terrible for a while I mean, now. And I, I include Collinsworth in that. I think Collinsworth's a shell of himself. I think he sucks now. I think he's just a shill for PFF. Um, he was great like 10 years ago. He is no longer even good in my opinion on those. Maybe broadcasts. it's time. Maybe it's time to, maybe it's time to let him go and pursue other ventures and pair Tariko with somebody else who, you know, a little younger, a little sharper, a little, yeah. you know, who's not afraid to criticize people who knows who's not um, in business and, and has business interests with the players, their performances and PFW mm -hmm. PFF grades like that whole thing. Um, but good for Devin McCourty. Certainly not. I'm I mean, thrilled for him going to make some good money. He's got a high profile job. And if he, if he does well, which he definitely has the chance to this, this could be a nice second career for him. And Presley's got bragging rights, right? That's bragging rights over Jason. Right? Yeah. Something you will. Like yeah. You only got the state owned, you know, cable yeah. outlet. I'm on prime time, buddy. you can get me anywhere. Well, one of them's got three Super Bowl championships. The other's got one. And D-Mac is always more than happy to remind J-Mac that he's got three to his one as well. The McCourty brothers both work in, in football media post-retirement doing a great job. I'm really looking forward to seeing that as well. Speaking of conflicts of interest, Andy, I'm going to jump right over to this one. Stay tuned. I'm going to be over here. I'm going to be over there. We get so much Pat's free. Keep over here. Try to keep track. Stay ready, over buddy. Here. Uh, speaking of a conflict of interest, looks like the NFL is going to pass Tom Brady's minority share ownership of the Las Vegas Raiders. What do you think of that? Uh, we've talked a little bit about this. I think the biggest aspect of that is his NFL career is over unless he's going to divest his interest later. Um, he's the no second longer Garoppolo gets hurt. He's going to have a uniform. <laughs> well, unless he I in the owner's box, I believe what I read is it takes a 32 team vote to allow him to play moving forward now. So, um, he done unless he sells his interest and I don't know why he would it's, I mean, good for him. He dabbled with the Raiders as a free agent and, and Dana White and that whole story a few years ago. Right. And I think he's still searching for what he wants to be owner, entrepreneur, media, like oh, try it all. 
do the Shaq thing. Remember Shaq was the owner of the Kings? Was it the Sacramento Kings that he dabbled mm. with? Um, so I, I think we've talked about this. I think he's going down the Shaq road and he's going to try a lot of different things and maybe try to blend them together into one, one career. Yeah, I'd rather see Brady on a pregame show on the Shaq route. Uh, the thing is, I don't think Brady's going to make the same kind of choices that Shaq has. Uh, he'd have to find first his Charles Barkley. So he and Peyton would have to be on the same pregame show, basically. Please which would be absolutely awesome. And that show would crush in the ratings. I don't think Brady's going to buy into pop. Brady's going to find a multi-billion dollar pizza franchise that has a disgraced owner that he can buy into and just print his own money as well. Uh, and I'm not sure. Uh, 80 for Brady is probably his Kazam because Shaq made some pretty shitty movies and no, 80 for Brady. I need to I, swear about Shaq's career. Okay. Lousy. I apologize. Blue okay, chips. He, that was a good film. Did you ever see a player like yeah 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 oh this stretch of playing a basketball player from louisiana wow <laughs> what a stretch what shots all right moving on this is the one i know you want to sink your teeth into it's also a teaser to our next episode because in just a couple days we will have a special guest on from pro football focus andy's favorite three letters in the wide world of football that are not nfl or gfy that's right we'll have a special guest on from pro football focus pff to break down the Patriots draft, look at their roster, and also defend this. The new Pro Football Focus game simulator ran simulations on the 2023 season. Carolina Panthers are not going to have a good season. Cincinnati Bengals, according to PFF, are going to win 12 games. The Arizona Cardinals, who many believe would be one of the worst teams this season, are going to win nine games, according to PFF. But wait, you want me to top that? I'll go ahead and top it. PFF's game simulator for 2023 has the New England Patriots going to 11. 11 and 6 on the season, beating the Jets once, beating the Chiefs, beating the Eagles in the home opener. And are you ready for this, Andy? Beating the Bills twice. I mean, does it even warrant a response? That idiocy. <laughs> like ESPN Analytics called and said, hey, that seems crazy and stupid. Let me see your math. How does that work? I mean, does... I need an open I need an open book policy here. I need somebody to be transparent and tell me what the hell their computer is doing. And did the computer is Patrick Mahomes missing the Patriots game? Is Josh Allen missing the Patriots game twice? Is Jalen Hurts hurt for the opener? You could maybe try to cull together 11 wins for this team. But maybe. those those four wins, Eagles, Bills twice and Chiefs, three of the top Four teams in football, the Patriots. Are they a enough? Super Bowl favorite according to PF? I mean, that's that's the lumber on the schedule. It, it just, it's idiotic. I don't even understand. And again, they may back off and just say, well, it's a computer. Like all we do is put in the information and the algorithms and everything mm -hmm. goes through and spits it out. And well, then I'd say your computer is broken. You need a new computer. Your yeah. computer stinks because unless it's factoring in injuries that we can't see to three of the top five quarterbacks in the National Football League, I, it's not worth the digital screen it is shown on. It, it just isn't. And it's interesting, too, because PFF has Mac Jones, and we'll have to ask PFF about this when they join the show in a couple of days, ranked as the 21st out of 32 starting quarterbacks in the NFL. So there you go. There's a disrespect card. There's another guy on Fitzy's chip-on-his-shoulder outlook for 2000, uh, intrigue outlook of 2023. At the same time, ESPN Analytics, which have been having a week for themselves ever since they predicted the Celtics had a 97% chance 
to win the Eastern Conference Finals to Miami's 3% chance. And as of record, that's how many wins the Miami Heat have in the Eastern Conference Finals versus the Celtics. Zero. Uh, ESPN Analytics in their Football Power Index has the New England Patriots, Andy, right smack down the middle, ranked 16th overall. Do you feel that's fair? I think that's probably the ballpark they should be in, right in that middle pack. Mm-hmm. And that's like a so middle of the league. You figure, okay, that's about a 500 record. I think we all think they are two games plus or minus in either direction. If balls bounce your way, if injuries go your way, if if injuries don't go your way, I, I do. I think that's fair. Um, but an 11 win team that beats the Eagles, the Chiefs, and the Bills twice, I don't, I don't see that. Um, I'm intrigued by this team. You know, I think mm-hmm. the coaching changes are really significant. I think the overall depth of competition, another one of our C words that are the theme this offseason here at the Six Rings podcast, the depth of competition in a lot of places is really good. Mm-hmm. I also just think there are some marquee worthy holes on this roster and question marks at certain positions, tackle being one of them. Secondary, we can get all hot and bothered and giddy about Jack Jones and Christian Gonzalez. But between them, they have, what, three quarters of a year of NFL experience, and they're going to go just shut down Hurts. They're going to shut down Mahomes, shut down Allen, like those receivers. I, Yeah, middle of the pack, you can sell me on middle of the pack. Telling me they're going to beat the best teams in football consistently? No. Yeah, not just yet. Not just yet. I felt that was a pretty fair mark. Uh, for the ESPN analytics and FPI to drop the pats at. And it does note also that they do have the toughest schedule in the NFL as well. So if they live up to the PFF game simulator ranking of 11 and six, hell of a prediction that would be, they would be conquering uh, the toughest schedule in the league. Maybe that will battle test them for the postseason playoffs. We'll see about that. Uh, let's see. Okay. The NFL, let's go league wide night right now, real quick. The NFL will not be adopting any XFL style rules. They shot down the option on kickoffs of a team being able to try and go for possession of the ball after scoring with a fourth and 20 try. I love those XFL rules. The NFL said that was gimmicky and that was a hard pass, bro. Uh, also Andy, this is big. This is really big. Uh, the NFL now will allow you to roster a third quarterback. This is we're going to call this the Brock Purdy or NFC Championship rule. Mm-hmm. You may now roster a third quarterback for ga- not just postseason games for games period without having to burn a roster spot. So basically, you can have a 54 man game day roster or a 47 man game day roster, if you will. You can have a third quarterback rostered without he's an emergency quarterback. He doesn't count against your game day roster, which means he can play. And if there's ever been a team that will find a way to possibly exploit that loophole, we're talking about him and we kind of root for him. I believe it'll be your New England Patriots who took and paid a lot of money to undrafted free agent Malik Cunningham to be their scout quarterback, developmental Lamar Jones, as you called him earlier, style project. Would you not be surprised if they find a way to get they're Lamar Jones, Malik Cunningham. And again, this is fascinating to me. It's also probably good for playoff games. Well, yeah. And it's, it's a rehab. They used to have this, whatever it was, 10 or 15 years ago, there were third emergency quarterbacks that did um, just to be clear. It, he does have to be on the 53 man roster and then he is eligible. He cannot mm-hmm. be a practice squad call up. He cannot be mm-hmm. anything like that. He has to be a member of the 53 man roster. And if he enters the game, the other two quarterbacks are done. 
So if he enters the game, that means Mac Jones and Bailey Zappi say bye-bye for the rest of that game, and you're stuck with Malik Cunningham. So um, it is definitely in reaction to the NFC title game, and I think that's good. Nobody wanted to see things play out that way. Nobody wanted to see Christian McCaffrey in line to be the quarterback of the San Francisco 49ers, a would-be Super Bowl contender. Um, so, no, it's good. Pro- probably provides jobs and opportunities a little bit to some of these veteran quarterbacks as an emergency QB. Mm-hmm. Um, it will be interesting to see if it comes up, if if this is a once-a-season type thing in the whole league or how exactly. But I don't really know how much it can be manipulated because if you put Malik Cunningham in, He's finishing the game, so you have to become – it can't be, oh, we just want him in for this one play to run his ass off. No, 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 he's right. stuck. He's in there. So we'll yeah, see. He's the, he's the emergency quarterback. Like, he's he's going to have to play unless Mac Jones, you know, takes a wheelchair <laughs> into the bowels of Gillette Stadium and then all of a sudden magically comes out Paul Pierce style. Last time he got carried off, his ankle was broken and everyone thought he was going to have to get his leg amputated. So we'll see. But in terms of just playoff games and what we all went through last year with 49ers at Eagles, this is a positive benefit because now you can actually have someone else who knows how to snap the ball, can throw the ball, can execute an offense, and we won't have to watch Christian McCaffrey doing a very mild cat as the Eagles run roughshod over a team that should have given him a better game. But injuries happen. All right, let's see what uh, Bailey Zappi engaged Zappily ever after. All right, that's all we need to say about that. That's what, what he even wrote. It. Have Zappy he- fever. He even he even wrote Zappily ever after on his own Instagram post. So he's in on the joke or whatever. Once you go worth. Zappy, you never go. That doesn't even. I'm crappy. Just, I'm skating right past that as quickly as I can. Uh, Green Bay will host the 2025 NFL draft. Detroit's got it in 2024. What do you think about that? I think whatever team wins the Super Bowl gets the right to have the draft in their city. I mean, That's I me. don't hate it i mean clearly the way they're utilizing it is throw a bone to places that are never going to get super bowls because they are cold weather weird weather strange location so there definitely could be a draft in new england at some point i would not i think that could be a bone that comes the uh boston foxborough providence way at some point like i saw andrew brandt say this like green bay gets a draft because they'll never get a super bowl and that's the reality I guess it already sold out like all the hotel rooms are already booked. There are not a ton of hotel rooms in Green Bay and Appleton, Wisconsin, if you've been there. Oh, I have. Appleton, great place. You walk down the street and then you turn around and walk back because that's Appleton. Um, But (laughs) that's about it. I mean, you'll eat well. You have a good time that night. Have some beer and some cheese curds. And and there's the whole title town thing. So if you want like for for SFGs, for for serious football guys, Gridiron Hardos and NFL super fans. It'll be a great experience. Maybe that'll end up being your pilgrimage to or that lifetime bucket list football fan trip up to Green Bay. Uh, the 10 year anniversary of Super Bowl 50 being in Santa Clara, California, will be celebrated by Super Bowl 60 being hosted by Levi Stadium in Santa Clara. What do you think? Will the Patriots be in it? No. <laughs> Probably just not. Likely not. I'm just, no, that's. Um... It's not one of what I would call the we're going through a nice little run here where Vegas and New Orleans really the marquee best places to have a Super Bowl are. I think San Francisco, that Bay Area, that's fine. Um, But I do think I do wonder if someday once this runs out, are we going to get to the, the short rotation of Super Bowls that includes New Orleans, Las Vegas and a few of these others? I don't know. Yeah, it doesn't really move my needle. It's fine. Patriots won't be fine. there anyway. We won't be there. Uh, I'll oh, it stop way. it. I like it. In, I, I think it should just be on a steady rotation of like 
LA, Vegas, Miami, New Orleans. Like, just keep it in all the party cities. But Detroit's going to get it eventually one day. They got the draft next year. I don't eh. think Detroit will get another one. I'm not so sure on that. Ah, we'll see. Why they not? Got theirs, they're done. New York got theirs, they're done. Indy when got was theirs. The, when was done. oh the Super Bowl was in Detroit? Wasn't that Super Bowl forty? It was whatever one was the Steelers. Steelers Seahawks. Oh, yeah, yeah. That was you're done. A, you're done, a, son. Move yeah. on. You had your fun. You're done, son. Uh, all right. And last, but I got two more for you. I got a stat and I got a news nugget. Uh, Thursday night football flex is in play, Andy. Weeks tw- uh, five weeks are eligible according to. Warren Sharp, I think uh, the Patriots have one of those games that could uh, mm-hmm. be flexed out as well. You have to be notified 28 days in advance. Fans are already pissed because what if I booked the game? What if I have travel booked? Now I'm going to have to change my airfare. Now I'm going to have to change my hotel. And I passed by a 24 to 8 vote, so it just sort of snuck through. However, uh, teams are being lauded for voting against it. Some of those teams were the Jets, the Giants, the Bears. Uh, the Patriots did, in fact, vote for a Thursday night football flex. I don't like it. They should like that's the one thing everyone's already up in arms and has been for years about player safety. Thursday night football is bad for the game, bad for the product, and bad for the players. I just leave it alone. Flexing out the game's tough shit. Well, Let we're seeing we're seeing the pull and the power of streaming. This is for mm-hmm. Amazon Peacock getting a wild card game that I've already bitched about on this podcast. The power of money, the power of greed, the power of streaming and and giving these streaming partners their money's worth, supposedly. Um, The fan is a secondary thought, if at all. The player is a secondary thought, if at all. Uh, But get used to it. This is the way the NFL works. They are always looking for the next dollar. Just because you can do something doesn't mean you should, but they are pursuing billions upon tens of billions of dollars and sooner you accept that, the better off you'll be. All righty. And last but not least, how do you like this one? A stat, uh, one of my favorite stats in recent memory from our pal Joe Giza uh, at WBZ, who always does a fabulous job. Uh, you ready for this one, Andy? Sure. Uh, here we go. All right. So uh, Taylor Swift, having just brought all the action, all the energy, and the excitement to Gillette Stadium more than we've seen there in years. Here we go. At Joe Giza yesterday on Monday tweets out Joe's advanced stats. The last four years, Taylor Swift had tour stops at Gillette Stadium. The Patriots had deep playoff runs. 2011, they lost Super Bowl 46. 2013, lost the AFC Championship. 2015, lost the AFC Championship. And 2018, they won Super Bowl 53. So I ask you, what is your postseason prediction for this particular season with Taylor Swift having just come through and rocked the very foundation of Gillette Stadium and Patriot Place? I think the Patriots would be fortunate to be in the postseason. Uh, I do not think they'll be winning a game because my stat of the episode is the same one, same drum I've been beating for years. Bill Belichick has never won a playoff game as the head coach of the New England Patriots when Andy Hart did not work for the organization. Wow. So dare I say to wrap things up, you are a person of intrigue uh, or importance for the organization as well. Never thought you would put that on your big, broad shoulders, but look at you. If they want to win a playoff game, they should bring me back at a massive raise. Wow. Jeez. Then then I'll be doing the podcast with Giardi, uh, and then uh, I'll get your wish. So I guess we'll... (laughs) 
we'll see how that works out. So that's it. That's the key, huh? Pats just have to hire you back and then they'll get back to the postseason. Yep. Or maybe they'll surprise some people. <laughs> Think so. And we will ask them about it on our next edition. That was a jam-packed Pats Puri, if ever. We'll probably have another Pats Puri because there are a few other things that are bubbling to the surface as OTAs continue in Foxborough as well. Thank you guys for listening and being part of our growing Pats fan community at Fitzy GFY, at Six Rings Pod, and at Jumbo Heart. Good job, Justin Turpin. He is earning all your ratings, reviews, subscriptions, shares. Make sure you say something nice about him if you drop a comment on any of your favorite podcast platforms. For Turp, for Jumbo, for everyone at WEEI, Odyssey, and 2400 Sports, your old pal Nick Fitzy Stevens here saying thanks for listening to Six Rings and Football Things. We'll be back in a couple days with somebody from Pro Football Focus to try to make sense of all of it. Until then... Yeah, we'll see about that. I don't know. I don't know his name. He works for them. That's all I know. Maybe we'll actually be talking to the supercomputer. Well, that'd be cool. <laughs> AI, we can rip them. Uh, that's the crew. That's the show. Talk to you soon. Good day. God bless. And as always, go Pats.